0: You're listening to the No Fartin' Around Show, we're all about taking your marketing and business from the toilet to the bank. I'm your host, Ashton Mae Fernandez, and this is the only show where making a disruptive noise smells like success. Each week, I interview high-level disruptors who are making a big stink in their industry by doing things their own way, while you listen in and ask a question or two, talk show, live studio audience style. Expect all things marketing, messaging, money, and mindset, and only strategies that don't include farting and darting are treating your clients like an afterthought. So if you're ready to stop farting around and actually scale your business, let's cut to the cheese and get on with the show.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm also very excited to talk about the subject today, the phrase, I saved the best for last. I really do think I saved the best for last, and I'm like really, really excited to talk about The fourth reason why I think people are why you're attracting people who can't afford you. And the reason why I'm really excited to talk about this today is because I've actually seen some of these things come up in the past few weeks with my own clients as well as me personally. Like I've had to go back and redo this work with myself. And so I think it's just really exciting how this all kind of. (laughs) It's just all kind of coming up at the same time that I wanted to record this because now I can actually come to this recording and talk about this with a new perspective as well as fresh eyes, because it's something that I just uh, went through myself as well as my clients. So I'm going to come right out and say it. Uh, the fourth thing that I see a lot of entrepreneurs getting stuck in uh, that is preventing them from attracting people who can't afford them is a lot of mindset blocks. Okay, and so that's very vague. I know I'm, you you guys know I'm not a very fluffy person, but there are like a few mindset things that I see that uh, really does get in the way. And so I think I've mentioned earlier on one of these podcast episodes in this series, that I truly, truly, truly believe that your messaging and your marketing is a reflection of your Mindset. And the reason why that is true is because your messaging is a reflection of your thoughts, what you believe. And so it only just makes sense that our messaging and our marketing is a reflection of us. And a lot of the times um, I can just even read someone's messaging and automatically see a mindset block that they currently have that they're projecting into their messaging and into their marketing. And when I say into their marketing, it's almost the way that they're doing, the way that they're marketing. It's what they're saying and how they're saying it. And the reason why I think this happens is this concept. And I heard, I've heard i heard this concept from other people and It's basically having this set of rules, almost like this rule book of how you think things should go. It's this rule book that you have for other people and basically you think that your clients or the people in your community are supposed to act a certain way, be a certain way, do things a certain way. And you almost have this rule book for them that they know nothing about. And I want to talk about this concept because this is what I see. So, so, so many of my clients do in my shift to sell program. And which is one of the really big reasons why specifically in my shift to sell program, one of the the first things we work on is we go through your offer and we really narrow it down as to, what you love doing in your offer and also what you're an expert in your offer. And the reason why I start with the offer is because I, again, I have strong opinions, but one of the opinions that I have that I don't think or that I don't agree with in the industry that most people do have is that most people in the industry think that the ideal client comes first and then you create, you go out and you do market research and then you create this offer Based off what they want, but what ends up happening, which is you'll go and you'll do all this market research. And then you spend hours creating this program or this offer or this product or something for them. And then all of a sudden they don't buy it. And you're like, what the heck? I think this happens because when we're going out and trying to please other people, that says more about us than it does them. And the reason why I think I don't love that is because it automatically gives all of our individual power away to the person and it's no longer helping. It's more so, I don't really know the term for it, but it's more so you seeking validation from them than you helping them. I really hope that makes sense. So the way that I work with my clients and specifically in my shift to sell program, which is my signature program, it's how I work with all of my one-on-one clients, particularly in that program, I have you create or, well, you've already have an offer in my program, but we go through and we pick apart the offer and we pick it apart first without ever thinking about ideal client, because I want to the people I work with to have an offer that 100% reflects their expertise and their confidence. Because what ends up happening if you do it the other way is you do create this big whopper offer. And you guys have heard me talk about that. You create this big whopper offer and then all of a sudden, you're out there seeking validation from these people instead of helping people. And then it makes you feel, right? Your thought is I have to give them what they want instead of giving them what they need. And then you start to feel, doubtful, right? Because you're now doing a bunch and you start to feel resentful too, because you're doing a bunch of things in this offer that you don't really love doing and doesn't light you up, but you're only doing it because you think that's what they wanted. I don't work that way. I don't work that way. Throw that rule out the door. I do not work that way. To me, I think it's important to have your offer first and then you position it to the person who's a best fit for it. When you know what you're doing in your offer, and you don't have to include things in your offer you don't want to include. If you don't love doing it, you can just find someone who already has taken steps towards that action, who have who already has that piece in place for you to work with them. I'll give you a prime example. I have one client who is a, a movement coach, basically. She's a movement coach. She loves to work with people on fitness and moving. She doesn't love the nutrition piece, but she kept doing a bunch of nutrition because she thought that's what people wanted. They kept saying, Oh, I want nutrition and blah, blah, blah. So she felt like she kind of had to bring them in on nutrition and then do the nutrition stuff with them as well as doing the movement piece with them. And she was getting really angry and resentful for it because she also realized that the people that she had to take 15 steps back to help this person. They weren't at the caliber. They weren't at the, the level that she wanted to work with. So it was causing a lot of resentment for her. And so I was like, you don't have to include the nutrition. Why don't you just make that a requirement? Why don't you just target the people who are already working on the nutrition piece and it's still not getting them results they want and they know that they need to find a better fitness routine? And just saying that she was like, oh my God, that makes a lot of sense. I'm like, yes, <laughs> it does make a lot of sense. So now she's going out and talking about this offer that she 100% loves and it's not including a bunch of stuff she doesn't want to do. And that's what the big thing is. And so I feel back to creating this rule book for our clients. I feel like that's one of the big reasons why this ends up happening because we create this rule book thinking that says our client needs to act this way, be this way, do these things because we are trying to make their actions or their inactions mean something about us. And so we basically are putting our clients on this pedestal we're putting our clients on this uh, we're setting up unrealistic expectations for them really and we're making whether they meet those expectations or not mean something about us we are basically giving all of our power away so I'm gonna even like before I get to that I was I'm gonna give you an example but before I even get to that when I'm when I say we're giving our power away we're giving our identity power away And the reason why we even have these rule books to begin with, the reason why we ever want someone to do something is because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way, right? This comes straight from Brooke Castillo. She says this, she calls this concept, I want to say the manual is what she calls it, but basically she said, and I totally believe this and totally see it is that the only reason why we want someone to do something or we want them to act a certain way is because we think it'll cause us an emotion. So let me just give you an example. Let's say, and this is absolutely hilarious because this was just, and again, I said, I just personally went through this. This is a conversation I just had with my husband. We were out of town uh, a week or two ago at a wedding. And it was the first weekend that my husband and I have had by ourselves without our two girls for a very long time. And it was really nice because we we're in this hotel room by ourselves. It was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. We actually get to spend time together. And I got upset a little bit with him, which it sounds so petty, but I got upset with him a little bit because at the wedding, he was not very lovey on me. And I didn't, it's not that I didn't really know a lot of people at this wedding, but I did not know a lot of people at this wedding. And I felt a little uncomfortable. So I was like, cause this was his friends and these friends also live in Texas, so we don't see them very often. So I don't really know them very well. And so I felt uncomfortable being at this wedding by myself, really when or sitting at the tables up by myself. And I just was in this introverted mood where I didn't really want to talk to people. I really wanted him to just be next to me the entire time. So I didn't look like a loner or a wallflower. And so anyways, we were at this wedding and I felt A little kind of abandoned in a way. And I was like looking at all these other couples dancing on the dance floor and they were all having fun and they were staring at each other and laughing with each other. And my husband and I went out to dance. It was like we were dancing, but he didn't look at me the entire time. He was looking around everybody else. And I got frustrated because I was like, can you pay attention to me? I know that sounds really it sounds really petty. I know it does. I really wanted him to pay attention to me. And so when we got back to the hotel that night, we were laying in bed and I was talking to him and I was like, I really wish you were more romantic. (laughs) And he was like, what? And I was like, I really wish you were more romantic. I wish that touched me more often. I wish that you were more affectionate out in public. Like we were dancing on the dance floor and you didn't even look at me. All of these things. And I realized like when I said this, what I was doing. And, the, and I tell you this because my thought was, I want him to be romantic. And the reason why I want him to be romantic is because it would make me feel a certain way. It would make me feel adored. It would make me feel loved. So this concept of we always want our ideal clients to do something, or we want our clients to do something. Or be something is because we want, we think that what they do, their actions are going to make us feel a certain way. But at the end of the day, we know that actions don't cause our emotions, our thoughts do. And Brooke talked about this concept of okay, you think it's going to make you feel a certain way. So if I think if my husband's more romantic, it's going to make me feel loved. What would the thought I have about my husband? what would the thought be that would make me feel loved? And so my thought would be my husband adores me. If my thought is my husband adores me, that would make me feel loved. That would make me feel loved. And so I asked myself, can I just have that thought now? Can I just think right now that my husband adores me? Heck yeah, I can. Because guess what? He does love me. He does adore me. And it's, I like this way of thinking too, because I can see how I'm giving all of the power, whether or not I feel loved to my husband. And that's not fair to him. It's not his job to make me feel loved. It really isn't. And I see this happen all the time within my clients. And this is the biggest thing I see when it comes to the messaging and the marketing before you even get a client of why you're attracting people who can't afford you, because you are literally in your mind, your thought is something already negative about yourself. And we can't believe in other people until we first believe in ourselves. Think about that. We cannot fully believe in other people until we fully believe in ourselves. And when we are trying to make the action or inaction of somebody else mean something about us, we're giving away our power. We're giving away our power. And I see this all the time in messaging. And when we give away our power, we create codependency. We create that savior mentality And even on a Christian level, let me just say this because I am a Christian and I even thought about this concept with Jesus, right? Think about Jesus putting his life on the cross and how sacrificial that is. And he did that because he loved himself and he loved us. But think about how many people don't actually appreciate that act of love. And that's the thing is that's what we do, right? Like we As entrepreneurs, especially heart-centered ones, we give away all of our power to these other people. And it's because we're not confident in ourselves. And I see this when it comes to your messaging. And the reason why I see or how I see this in messaging is basically you showing up with this desperation energy of, I just need to sign a client. I really can't help you. And it's almost hypocritical because you're over here trying to help these people, like these other people, but you're not helping yourself first. And I think that doing that, you're creating almost this like emotional attachment, like this, I'll feel this way if you do this. And it's not empowering at all. It's not empowering for your clients. And I understand it's really hard. It's really hard some Sometimes to like not make it mean something about you, right? If someone tells you, I can't afford you, you're creating these stories of, oh, I'm not good enough. And, or I'm not worthy enough, or I'm, you know, not an expert or I'm a failure, whatever. You're making it mean all these things. Sometimes, I always say this, sometimes you're giving too much power to someone who cares absolutely nothing about what it mean what you're making it mean because two different people let's say you have an offer that costs $10,000 and someone comes to you and says oh that's too expensive and then the other another person says oh my gosh that's too cheap who is right at the end of the day who is right you're right because as long as you believe in your price and in its value, you're right. Think about that for a second, you're right. So I see this is probably one of the biggest things I see that hold people back is almost marketing and messaging from a place of desperation and a place of wanting to convince someone mostly trying to convince yourself because we think, okay, if we have a 10000 offer, then $10,000 offer again, we think, okay, if someone invests in us, then that means I'm worth investing in. And a lot of the times too, we also put too much, like I'm going to pull this thread real quick. Sometimes we also put too much, we put too much belief Other people like I can see this go the opposite way. We put too much belief in people and not enough belief in ourselves. So, let me give you an example of this. I have a client one time who was just really down on herself. She was like, I don't feel good enough, I feel like I'm just not doing anything. And it was, I was really sad because I'm like, oh my gosh, she's amazing in what she does. I can totally see it. So, I asked her this question, and she really wanted to hit a thirty thousand dollar month. So, I asked her, I said, do you think you could hit a $30,000 a month? And she was like, I really don't think I can. And I was like, do you think I could hit a $30,000 a month? And she was like, you absolutely. You're freaking amazing at what you do. Oh my God, you're probably already at the 30K month. You're amazing. And I was like, okay, so you have more faith in me whose actions you can't control, whose thoughts you can't control. You have more faith in me making a $30,000 a month you, who you have complete control over making a $30,000 a month. And she looked at me for a minute. And I was like, actually, let me tell you this. I'm thinking of shutting down my business next month. I'm going to shut down my business. I don't want to do this anymore. So you still have faith in me that I can make a $30,000 a month over you making a $30,000 a month. And I remember this changed everything for her. It changed everything because she said, my gosh, you're totally right. And I was like, You can't have full belief in somebody else until you first have full belief in you, because you're always going to make the actions or inactions of somebody else mean something about you and your success and who you are. And that is giving all of your freaking stinking power away. Okay. It's giving it all away. And when you don't have power, you can't be a leader. If you're dependent on the actions and inactions of somebody else who you have absolutely no control over, if you're making all of that determine whether you feel or you believe you're successful or not, or you believe you're enough or you feel it, whatever you're making it believe, if that's what you're doing, you're going to just 100% set yourself up for failure. 100% set yourself up for failure because you cannot control the actions and actions. And you also can't control the thoughts of that other person and are their thoughts, right? Whose thoughts are right? The only thoughts you can control and the only thoughts you can manage are yourselves. And so I wanted to talk about this because I do, I see this rule book. I feel, and again, I'm all about breaking the rules, but I see this rule book that all of my clients have that they expect their ideal clients. And it's almost one, it's unfair to them. <laughs> and it's also hindering you. Now I want to say this. i when I say rule book, I don't mean boundaries. Like we all need to have boundaries. That's great. There's boundaries. And if boundaries are crossed, you are the one who initiates the consequence, right? That's a whole different podcast, but you have to set boundaries, but you also can't set expectations on people when they know nothing about those expectations. And you also can't mean you can't make it mean something about you when those expectations aren't met when you also didn't clearly define those expectations to the person you're trying to have them meet those expectations, okay? That would be like me telling my three-year-old daughter, like, I expect you, or in my mind, I would expect her to clean her room every day, but if I never voiced her to clean her room every day, all that's good, and when she doesn't clean her room, all that's gonna do is create resentment in me. And it's gonna make me mean that, and then I probably, when she doesn't clean her room, I'm probably going to get upset and say, you need to clean your room. And then it's going to make me frustrated and make me angry because I thought she didn't listen to me when I didn't even make those expectations clear in the first place. This is so typical in relationships. How many of us women think that in our husbands, our partners should be mind readers? <laughs> They're not mind readers. Your idol clients are also not mind readers. But I see this type of mindset come out in messaging. And I'll give you a prime example. Um, <laughs> God, this is so funny. I, had, I have a client who has this thread that she never feels enough. And it's not even that she doesn't feel enough. It's always something is not enough. She's not visible enough. She's not making enough money. She's not doing enough. She's not being enough. She's not writing enough. She's not marketing enough. Like it's always something around enough. And her counter to that. She's working in like the model of thinking, okay, I have this thought that I'm not enough. So I think if I take these actions, then I'll get this result. And then I'll think, oh, I'm enough once I get these results. So what she does to counter the thought of I'm not enough is she ends up creating, she ends up doing a ton of things and she's almost made it this mantra. (laughs) She's probably going to listen to this and be like, what? She totally doesn't mind. I'm sure calling her out, but she has this mantra of all the things. She says it all the time. She's, oh, hashtag all the things. I'm just doing all the things. I'm going to do all the things. And when I look at her messaging, a lot of the times, guess what she's talking about? All the things. And and, and I know that it stemmed from her thought of, I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough, not being enough. And guess what? She is burnt out a lot of the time. And then when she gets burnt out, guess what she thinks nothing's working I'm not doing enough so she proves that thought right by her actions she's intentionally taking actions on a subconscious level that is proving the thought of I'm not enough or I'm not doing enough not being enough not visible enough like she's proving it because she's not getting the result that she wants and it's I see this a lot of times come out in messaging. Because in her messaging, she tends to talk about all of the things, and then she attracts people who are also doing all of the things. And guess what? Because they're doing all the things, they're not making enough money to pay her what she wants them to pay her. So she's attracting that person. She's attracting that person. And so when I truly say your messaging and your marketing is a reflection of you, it really is true, like it one hundred percent is true. And I've even caught myself, guys. I'll go and look at my messaging, and I'm like, "Ooh, I can totally see where I had that particular mindset. I can totally see this." And I've given a lot of my power away. I'll use another example. A past client of mine. She she's one of those people. She has this kind of I don't want to say rags to riches story, but she has this. She was that person who basically went and got a part-time job in order to afford coaching. She got a part-time job in order to afford coaching. And she was that type of person who was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to find the money to get what I want. And it was this thought of, I have to work really hard to make a lot of money is this thought that she has. So in her messaging, when I read her, when I was reading her messaging, sometimes she'll talk about how she did that. She's like, I sacrificed all this stuff. And I went and got a part to like, I made it happen. And she then she talks about how like little money she used to make and how much money she's making now. And it's coming from this almost like this place of trying to convince somebody that they also need to do what she did. Because she's, you know, tired of people saying, I can't afford it, all this stuff. And so she was attracting somebody who would take the plunge to invest in like the first month with her. But then after that, they didn't have money to continue to pay. And so they would leave the program or they would say, I'm sorry, I don't have money to pay it. Or their payments wouldn't go through. And then she was getting really frustrated. Like, why is this happening? And I'm like, you're literally calling that person. You're literally calling that person out because your mind is why can't people just be more like me? Why can't people be... Why can't people be more sacrificial like me? Like, why can't they work as hard as me? And you're almost putting that energy out into the world. And a lot of the times she would, in her messaging, she's trying to convince people that, oh, if you just invest, you're going to make a lot of money because that's what she's saying her story was, right? She's like, yeah, I just invested and I worked really hard and I made a lot of money. And so she's attracting, she's trying to convince those people in her messaging that if they just do, that's what happens. So what do they do? She's very... Persuasive, but they would end up investing the first month, maybe two months, and then they didn't have money. And so it's, I see it a lot, and it's this rule book, right? Like in her rule book, she thinks, I need my clients to work as hard as I did. And if they work as hard as I did and get the results from working as hard as I did, then that'll mean hard work pays off, or that'll mean I'm a good coach. And It's, oh my God, I could go on and on. I don't have enough time in the day to go on and on, but it is one of the biggest things I see. And it's also why I work. You guys, I actually just had this realization the other day. (laughs) Like, why did I don't have this realization earlier? But basically I do a lot with messaging, but one of the reasons as to why I can do messaging so effectively is because I work a lot on mindset with my ideal clients because I have to have my client's I have to bring awareness to their own thought patterns that are being projected into their messaging and in turn attracting people that, that aren't really a great fit to work with them. Because if you have two people who have the same mindset, guess what? You're never, ever going to be able to overcome that mindset. If I had the mindset of I'm not an expert and someone came to me who said I, in their mind was also, I'm not an expert. Guess what? We're never going to get anything done. We're just going to sit in pity. we're just going to sit there and think, Oh my God, I'm not good. Well, I'm not an expert at what I do. Like we're never going to be able to help overcome each other. And so a lot of the times I see, I am so good about seeing these these thought patterns in people's minds, And I'm like, I can totally see where that's talking. Like I can totally see how that's coming out in your messaging. And so for me, it's not just helping my clients with messaging. I really have to truly dig into What is the thought they're having that is allowing them to project that messaging out to people and then in return not attract the person that they want to work with, right? And then on top of that as well, looking at their ideal client's mindsets and how they can actually speak to that person's mindset and helping them shift those thoughts before they ever work with them. This is so anyways, low key. I'm basically a mindset coach and also with a marketing consultant and messaging consultant. And it's funny because every time I work with my clients, I have them fill out like a feedback form after we're done working together. And I was asking what was the best part of working with me and hands down, nine times out of 10, all of them are like, oh my gosh, the mindset junk you helped me overcome that. Then I could clearly start to see in my messaging and how I was, I was portraying that and projecting that and bringing in these people. Like I can totally see that. And they're like, that was the biggest, the shift for me because my job really at the end of the day, the number one thing I want for my clients is to bring awareness because when you are aware of how your brain's operating and why you're creating the messaging right now the way that you're creating it and how to shift it. When I bring that awareness to you, it brings clarity, first of all. It brings confidence, which I used to always be like, I hate when people say clarity and confidence. But truly at the end of the day, I do, I bring that awareness so that you can have clarity, that you can have confidence in who you are what you're thinking, what you want to bring to the world, and confidence on how to actually articulate your message into the world so that you can attract the people who can afford you, who can, who really truly need what you offer and are at the right place to be able to receive what you offer. And that is my biggest thing because I think in the marketing industry, A lot of other people don't make you aware. They make you wrong. And when you make someone wrong, they immediately go in shutdown mode or they go in desperation mode. And that's not okay with me. I want to show you your thought patterns. I want to show, make you aware of things and then empower you to take the steps to now shift those things out of awareness, right? And I've talked about this several times that when, a lot of the times what happens in awareness is people become aware and they either go into immediate shame of I should have done this and I should have done that. And that's what I think a lot of the regular mar- like other marketers out there do in the world. is they basically shame you for doing all the things that you did and make you feel wrong for doing all the things that you've currently done and then make you feel stupid that you haven't joined their program yet or you done- know we go on and on so when you become aware you either go into a shame mentality you go into an identity mentality of oh i'm a failure um i'm not made for this i'm not a good coach i'm not whatever right it's like you go into that shame then you move up to the identity and you make it mean something about you or you can go into the, the 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 decision making i love the awareness because when you're aware, it's the first step to make a decision. You can't make an effective decision if you're not aware of all of the data to begin with. And that's where, the, oh, that's where the gold lies, guys, when you're aware of these things. And it's one of the biggest things I work on with my clients in my shift to sell program is the awareness of why they created their offer the way that they created it. Why are they speaking to the person that they're currently speaking to right now? And basically also looking at like, what are their big, what is their big, why? What is their values? What is their core, core thing about them that they love? What fires them up? I have all of my clients go through what I call a fired up worksheet. And we basically go through all of the reasons why they're different. All of the things in their industry they don't agree with. And we go deep, deep, deep into their behavioral habits, their psychographics. And we really dig into that. To where we can shift their messaging to 100% align with who they are and their authority and why their offer is so freaking important in the world. And then being able to relate that to the person they want to attract. And that's just the biggest thing. And a lot of it is awareness. A lot of it is the big awareness piece because having awareness immediately brings clarity. And with that clarity, you can either go in shame or you can go into decision-making. And I empower my clients to go into decision-making because I'm just like, it means nothing about you. It just means we need to change some things. And that's amazing. It is so awesome to be in the position to make a decision. A lot of people get really anxious about choosing a decision, like trying to make a decision because their thought is, oh my gosh, I'm go- I don't want to choose the wrong decision. No decision is wrong Ever. There is no wrong decision ever. And that is what I want my clients to really, truly encompass that there is no wrong decision. It's just, you have to constantly be making a decision. If you are stuck in indecision, that is where you're going to basically just set up camp and die. <laughs> like It's just not going to happen, but you have to be constantly making a decision and no decision is wrong. And that's what I love to, to help my clients through and all of that. So I think I'm going to end on that note. <laughs> I think I'm going to end on that note. This is the fourth episode of the high ticket sales series. And I want to say it's the most important one because it is something that if you really, if I could go back, if I could go back and tell my little, how old was that when I started my business? 23, 24, 25, 30, 31. Yeah. I was 23, 24, 24. I was 24. I was 24 when I started my business. I'm now 31. So I've been doing this for six years now. If I could go back and tell my 24 year old self, if I could go back and tell 24 year old Ashley May, I would say, please, for the love of God, start working on mindset now, right? Um, start working on mindset stuff now, because mindset is such a big part as well as strategy. Like I'm a marketing consultant strategist. I love strategy. I love to know the steps. Like it really does work, but have to have the mindset first and I wish I could go back and just tell myself that especially when it comes to marketing because marketing is all psychology marketing is all psychology really the end of the day it's consumer behavior it's psychographics it's communication it's psychology it starts with the brain and I think that it's one of the most important things to really grasp and there's a lot of I'll just say it and we all know there's a lot of really, I don't want to use the term broken, but there's a lot of coaches in the industry that are not healed from certain things. They're not aware of certain projections that they have on others. And that's where a lot of the gaslighting happens in this industry. And that's where a lot of the making people wrong to please our ego and trying to make their act, like we want them to take certain actions so it meets something us, like so we're not There's a lot of people in the industry like that. And I'm not like saying, I'm not being mean or rude about them, whatever. I used to probably be one to be honest with you, because there was a lot of things that I, like, I used to really care. Like, I used to think that if my, my clients needed to tell them what I, let me backtrack. I needed my clients. I used to need my clients to do everything I told them to do, because if they did everything I told them to do, then it would mean that I was right. Right. That sounds very logical, right? Like we're like, duh, they hired us to tell them what to do. However, yes, they hired us to tell them what to do, not make them do what we told them to do. We can't make anyone do anything ever. We don't have control over anyone's actions, right? Now, can I guide and encourage? Absolutely. freaking But I wouldn't, like when someone hired me and then they wouldn't ever implement what I was guiding them to do, it made me feel like a bad consultant. It made me feel like a bad coach. It made me feel like I wasn't good enough. And then I would get angry. And I would be like, they just, they're a sucky client. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Maybe I should have just one. I should have figured out really what they truly needed and only bring people in my program who are a good fit for my program. But this was my thinking. I used to have this rule book for them. I used to have these, okay, these are my expectations of them, but then I never actually communicate my expectations. And I would make their lack of action or inaction really mean something about me. And then that made me have thoughts. And then I would, and it just became this whole cycle, right? And there are a lot of people in the industry, in the marketing industry, coaching industry, who think it's their way or the highway. And really at the end of the day, there is no one way. Really? Like, I do have strong opinions, guys, but, and I'm bold in those opinions, but I don't think they're the only opinions. I'm totally open. If someone came to me right now, and said, I think everything you're doing is completely wrong. I would say, mm, that's your opinion. If that's what you think, go ahead. More power to you. You can think that all day long. It works for me. It's worked for my clients. Cool. It says nothing about me and says everything about them. So anyways, okay. I said, oh, that's going to be done. And then I, I went on to talk for a more minutes, but you guys know how I do. So that's it. That's it. That's the fourth piece as to why I feel like you're attracting clients who can afford you. And it's one of the biggest ones I see. And I hope this was incredibly helpful for you. I have been like sitting on this podcast for a few days, letting my thoughts simmer as to really what I wanted to say, because there's so many pieces when it comes to mindset. But this is just one of the, the top things that I really wanted to talk about. And again, I'll probably talk about this more in another episode and really give examples and all of that. But I did want to just talk about it today and I hope that it was what you needed to hear. But yeah, so that's it. This is the end of the High Ticket Sell series. Next week we will have, I want to say next week will be my episode with George Bryant. I'm pretty sure that's the... next episode that's going to be airing after this one which is really exciting we also even talk about this concept a little bit which is perfect timing which is awesome but i am going to go ahead and sign off and actually enjoy this beautiful rainy day guys i love rainy days i am one of those weird people who just get so much energy on rainy days and i love that i like my office is really huge windows that overlook downtown and so i get to see all the rain and there's a building right across the street from me where I can, cause I'm on the ninth floor of the high rise and there's a building directly across from me where I can see the rain like hitting the roof and uh, it's just the best ever. So I'm gonna go enjoy, go sit still for a little bit and enjoy watching the rainfall and then go get some work done. So yeah, I hope that you all have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for supporting me. You really, you guys really are like family. Thank you so much for, the reviews that you're leaving and the feedback. I just, I really appreciate it. And yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great day. Bye.
0: Friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the no farting around show. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And I would love, love for you to join us on the next podcast recording. You can go to www.ashemayfernandez.com podcast to see our interview schedule and the link to join us live to get your questions answered. get some personalized feedback and one-on-one hot seat coaching from not only me, but the amazing guests that I bring on the show. So, So I hope to catch you in the next episode and until then, I will smell you later.